Section 8 of Historical Sketches of the Catholic Church in Oregon During the Past Forty Years by Francis Norbert Blanchet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Short Reunion of the Two Missionaries Objection to the Residence at the Willamette Raised Parting of the Missionaries' Four Winter Quarters The Vicar General left Nisqually on Thursday and reached Cowlitz on Saturday, September 14th and leaving this place four days later he arrived at vancouver on the twentieth where he was joined on october first by father demur returning from his mission of three months and ten days to the upper columbia the result of his mission as to baptisms was as follows at colville thirty-seven of whites twelve of indians twenty-five at okanagan nineteen of whites four of indians fifteen at walla walla five of whites two of indians three en route twelve indians were baptized making the number of baptisms seventy-three eighteen whites and fifty-five indians the joy of their reunion was increased by the good news that governor douglas had communicated to the vicar-general on his arrival there and which on request he later gave in writing viz fort vancouver october ninth eighteen thirty nine my dear sir i am directed to inform you that the governor and committee have no further objection to the establishment of a roman catholic mission in the willamette and you are therefore at liberty to take any means you may consider necessary towards the promotion of that object i remain my dear sir yours very truly james douglas very reverend f n blanchet v g it was on the representations the good dr mclaughlin had made on his late journey to london that the objections to a residence were raised on hearing this fact the two missionaries began to prepare themselves for departure and being ready to start on thursday october tenth they bade adieu to their endeared congregation to the ladies and gentlemen of the fort and to governor douglas tendering him their warmest thanks for the generous hospitality they had received and starting in canoes they went down the river and landed at the mouth of the willamette where they had supper together after which they parted for their winter quarters father demur for the cowlitz and the vicar-general for the willamette mission which he reached early on saturday while his dear confrere reached his mission but on sunday owing to the heavy load in his canoe and the many dangerous rapids on the river on the day after his arrival he blessed the bell he had brought with him which weighed fifty pounds had it set up forty feet from the ground and began to ring the angelus three times a day the vicar-general who had also brought one which weighed eighty pounds had it blessed two days before christmas and began to ring the angelus three times a day in honour of the incarnation and glory of mary immaculate the hall of thirty by twelve separated from the altar by a partition needed the loose floor to be fixed the ceiling and some partitions had to be made a man undertook the job which he performed in three weeks dr john mclaughlin had arrived at vancouver from europe by the express boat on october eighteenth his visit to the willamette settlement was warmly greeted by all as a father great was the joy of the people of the two missions in having a priest to remain with each of them great also was the joy of all in having a high midnight mass at christmas in both churches which were full to completion this closes the labors of the missionaries in eighteen thirty nine 
Sketch of the Cowlitz Mission by Reverend M. Demer. Cowlitz, February 5, 1840. To Reverend F. C. Cazot, Secretary, Quebec. My dear sir, having returned on the first of October last from a mission I had given during the summer in the upper part of the Columbia, I could not have the pleasure of staying very long with the vicar general. I had to leave him on the tenth of the same month to take charge of the mission on the Cowlitz River, which Reverend Blanchet had left in order to be at Vancouver during the month of September. This separation did not take place without sorrow, as we were leaving each other not to meet again for four months, but it was imposed upon us by need and duty. In effect, the permission of settling permanently in the Willamette had been granted to the great advantage of its daily augmenting Catholic population. The Cowlitz mission had not to be neglected either, and it was assigned to me. Having left Vancouver both on Thursday, 10th of October, we took supper together at the mouth of the Willamette, after which each one went his way in order to be in his respective place on the following Sunday, which I could not do, notwithstanding all the efforts of the men and the active part I took in the labor. I had with me a half-breed named J. B. Boucher and three Indians. My canoe was large and contained a large quantity of luggage, among which was a bell weighing fifty or sixty pounds. I was therefore deprived of the happiness of celebrating Mass and my people of hearing it. As soon as they heard I was coming, all flocked to meet me. They welcomed me and carried my baggage to my residence. After my installation, I went with my people to pay tribute to a cross erected nearby. The following day, October 14th, a frame was erected, the bell blessed, and placed in a position forty feet above the ground. I considered it an honor to ring the first Angelus myself. A consecrated bell was heard for the first time in the Valley of the Cowlitz, as well as in the whole extent of this vast country. Imagine a log house, thirty by twenty feet, having roof like a wolf's head, no ceiling and a floor leveled with an axe and you will have an idea of the place where i spent the winter it was also my chapel they had decided on building another house and had even planed the lumber during the preceding winter but instead of that they determined to erect with the same kind of wood a chapel sixty feet long and to leave the same house to the priest until he could get a better one the Cowlitz Mission has still but eight families, including those of the H.B. Company, altogether 46 persons, exclusive of a few Indians who live with the French, and a greater or smaller number of employees according to the need. Three days in the week were set apart for the instruction of the Canadians' wives and children. The three others were given to the Indians and to the study of the Cowlitz language, which is very difficult for a beginner. The young men and the Indians who live with the French, being unable, on account of their work, to attend during the day, I was obliged to give them part of the nights. For one and a half or two hours I was kept busy teaching them their prayers, reading the answers at Mass and the way to serve it, also the plain chant. At midnight Mass, on the festival of Christmas, they were able, by the means of repeated exercises, to honor the birth of our Savior by uniting their voices to those of the angels in the Gloria in excelsis. Soon after this, they could help the priest in singing the credo. 
the young men of this mission as well as all the half-breeds in general who were instructed at fort vancouver owe to the kind dispositions and devoted cares of dr john mclaughlin the knowledge they have of the letter of their catechism before the coming of the missionaries a benefit which is surely not the least amongst those the canadians received at his hands and for which they owe him eternal gratitude experience has taught us not to rely too much on the first demonstrations of the indians and not to rely much on the first dispositions they manifest those of the cowlitz promised better success everywhere we meet the same obstacles which always retard the conversion of the indians namely polygamy their adherence to the customs of their ancestors and still more to tamanwas the name given to the medicines they prepare for the sick this tamanwas is generally transmitted in families and even women can pretend to the honor of making it if any one is sick they call in the medicine man no danger of their asking him what he wants for his trouble they would be afraid of insulting him whatever he asks is given to him without the least objection otherwise they may fear everything from that doctor who will not fail to take his revenge for a refusal by sending some misfortune or some sickness or even death through his medicines to the one who refused him be he fifty leagues off if any one is dead such a one killed him then let him look out on whom the least suspicion falls his life is in the greatest danger the least they will do to him will be to kill his horses if they do not kill himself and to force him to give all that he has through fear of death a serious quarrel took place lately on that account hand play is also very common among them they get excited and often end it with a quarrel they add idolatry to infidelity they paint on a piece of wood a rough likeness of a human being and keep it very precious they believe these charms have a superior power and strength and they pray to them when they have exhausted all the resources of the tamanwas which often makes the evil worse and the sick man dies they scarcely allow his eyes to close before they are covered with a pearl bandage his nostrils are then filled up with aiqua a kind of shell they use for money he is clad with his best clothes and wrapped up in a blanket four posts are driven into the ground in these post holes are bored through which sticks are passed upon which is placed the canoe destined to receive the corpse placed in file with his ancestors they place him face downward with his head pointing towards the mouth of the river not a handful of dust is laid upon him the canoe is covered with a great number of mats and all is over then they present their offerings to the dead if he was a chief or great warrior amongst his men they lay by his side his gun his powder horn and his bag valuable objects such as wooden plates axes kettles bows arrows skins etc are placed upon sticks around his canoe then comes the tribute of tears which the spouses pay to each other and to their children day and night for a month or more continuous weeping shouting and wailing may be heard from a great distance when the canoe gets rotten and falls on the ground 
the remains are taken out wrapped up in new blankets and laid in a new canoe they cling so much to this kind of sepulture that during the winter a child baptized having died without my knowledge i could not induce them to take him out of the canoe in order to give him a christian burial this adhesion to burial rites and tamanwas will cause the missionaries to be more prudent in baptizing we have learned not to trust the repeated promises they make to us not to have recourse to the tamanwas if the baptized child gets sick you may see that progress has been very slow among them so far their customs and habits are so inveterate that it will take a long time for religion and the fear and knowledge of god to unroot and destroy them entirely polygamy is not as widely spread now as it used to be but there is in both sexes a fearful immorality it is kept up and often taught by the whites who by their scandalous conduct and boundless debaucheries destroy the impressions made by the truths of religion this year the mission will lend to the indians seed to sow in garden patches especially peas and potatoes perhaps they will then try to come out of the miserable state they are languishing in when they will see that with a little trouble and labor they can ameliorate it the peas and potatoes may make them forget the grains and camas time unables me to give greater extent to this sketch i am etc m demur priest missionary labors in eighteen forty missions to vancouver nisqually whidbey island chinook point brigades colville and first communion at st paul wearied with a separation of four months rev m demur left cowlitz on february seventh for st paul which he reached on the seventeenth having had to brave wind and rain cold and snow and spent three days in his journey to vancouver where he stopped four days and three other days on his way to st paul he remained but eight days there his presence being much needed at vancouver where he arrived on the twenty fifth in order to oppose the efforts minister daniel lee was making amongst the indians of the fort from january to deny the necessity of baptism is to deny the existence of original sin and to deny the existence of original sin is to deny the necessity of a redemption and declare that religion is a fable for such are the consequences following from the denial of original sin and alas such was nevertheless the horrible and damnable doctrine which the methodist ministers of willamette preached formerly to the canadians saying a child is saved and is a king in the kingdom of heaven without baptism the adults are also saved if their hearts are good and strange to say that minister who had failed with his co-ministers to convert his countrymen and the canadians did not leave the fort before giving by aspersion such a sham baptism to indians ignoring god holy trinity incarnation redemption and any prayers and who in reaching the mission at the dalles did the same with ignorant and polygamist indians giving to them bread and wine 
Reverend M. Demur, dividing his time between the servants, women, and children of the whites, and the Indians, taught them all, and had but little trouble to undeceive the latter, with the help of the Catholic ladder, and to bring them back from the erroneous road of Protestantism. His mission lasted thirty-six days, after which he returned to Cowlitz in April 5th, having been fifty-seven days absent. The vicar-general, having prepared his letter for the express leaving for Canada, left St. Paul on March 16th and reached Vancouver on the same day, because of the strong current of the high water. That was the quickest trip ever made. One item of his report to Canada was, from March 1839 to March 1840 were made 204 baptisms, 35 marriages, 14 burials, and one abjuration at St. Paul. Of the baptisms, 73 on the Colville Mission, 71 at Vancouver, 30 at Cowlitz, 19 at Nesqually, and 11 at St. Paul. The vicar general left St. Paul on May 4th on a journey to Cowlitz in order to deliberate with Reverend M. Demur on the plan of the summer campaign. At Vancouver he had the pleasure to open two cases of books, church ornaments and other effects coming from France, and on the ninth the two missionaries were embracing each other. But the consolation of meeting together did not last long by reason of the vicar-general being called by letter to visit some person that was sick, had to leave on the 14th for Nisqually, where he found Mr. Kitson, the commandant of the fort, sick in his bed the exercises of the mission at this sport commenced without delay and lasted from the sixteenth to the twenty-seventh of may the forenoon being devoted to the instruction of the women and children of the canadians and the rest of the day to the indians outside of the fort mrs kitson being kind enough as usual to serve as interpreter she having showed the indian women how to make for themselves robes of dressed deerskin they appeared this time dressed like the white women all were regular at the instructions in visiting the lodges in the evening the vicar-general was pleased to see the improvements made in making the sign of the cross singing chinook canticles and repeating what they had learned on may eighteenth chief sahiwamish arrived with a band of his people one of them being sick with consumption was prepared for baptism when one day his companions moved by a superstitious fear carried him away it took two days to overtake him and bring him back he was baptized with his eight children at the age of forty and afterwards showed much faith and resignation to the will of god the missionary expected to see at the mission three other chiefs called Slalakam, Nitham, and Witskalachi. But the murder of a man by a Soquamish, having rendered travelling on that bay dangerous, they did not come. The priest was much consoled on seeing the eagerness of the Indians to come at the first bell, to listen to the explanation of the Catholic ladder and words of eternal life under the shade of a large tree the vicar-general was preparing to close his mission and return to cowlitz when on the twenty sixth of may a canoe arrived containing six indians they were chief slalakam's men and wife sent by him and directed to bring the priest to see him and his tribe as he was sick and unable to come himself 
and in proof thereof his wife presented vicar-general with a skin sheath which was found to contain the square rule saheli stick he had received on his visit to cowlitz in april eighteen thirty nine thanking god for the door opened to him the vicar-general started on may twenty seventh in a canoe of his own landed at different places in the bay to address the words of salvation to the indians and arrived the following day the ascension day at slalakum village on the western shore of whidby island a battle had taken place on that very same day between his tribe the skakwamish and the clallams of townsend land in which the latter who were the aggressors lost two men because said slalakam those men do not know god nor pray to him he had tried to stop the fight but in vain he had been protected by the cross he wore on his neck all this explained the strange movement of the indians running on the shore and calling who are you qui vive on seeing the two canoes coasting along the island the priest in his black gown was received with the greatest demonstrations of joy by slalakam and his tribe and his baggage seized and carried to the village on the high land fifty feet above the level of the bay on friday may twenty ninth an altar was prepared in a repository made with mats a rough board was the altar table the vestments for mass and sacred vessels were exposed a catholic ladder six feet by fifteen inches was fixed on a mat and hoisted high on a pole before the eyes of all i then began the instruction by making the sign of the cross in chinook jargon says the vicar-general in his relation to the bishop of quebec and to my great astonishment all the assembly men women and children made the same pronouncing the words exactly as practical and fervent christians i began to sing the first couplet of a canticle in chinook jargon to the air of tu vas remplir la voix de la tendresse and behold to my great astonishment all continued to sing it to the end with exact precision i began to sing another one in the air je mette ma confiance and to my increasing great astonishment they all continued the strophe rendering it as well as the first one i admired the success slalakam had had in teaching his people i blessed the lord for the good dispositions of these poor indians my joy was great so as to move me even to tears which nevertheless i tried to contain before the crowd i was then dressed in surplice with a stole and beginning the explanation of the catholic ladder when chief witskachi arrived with a band of his tribe from another part of the island and came to shake hands chief netham soon came also with his bands all the chiefs sat in front the rest behind and on the sides that was indeed quite a large meeting i then began to dress for mass and to explain the mass the great prayer of the catholics in the whole assembly making the sign of the cross and singing the aforesaid couplets of canticles i became convinced that netam and witskachi had not done less than slalakam with their tribes the catholic ladders distributed at nisqually the preceding year had been used and explained and the chant of canticles practised 
the two canticles were repeated alternately during the whole mass in admiration of what i heard and saw i thought i was in heaven rather than in an indian country tears of joy fell again from my eyes an infinite satisfaction had been offered to god for the sins of these poor people there was a hope other bands of indians arrived after mass and among them a clallum who spoke in favor of peace i continued the instruction till night and the day ended by prayer rosary and the chant of canticles the body of the clown killed in the battle was found and buried by the old men for the young men would not touch a corpse fearing that it would shorten their days on saturday may thirtieth a large number of indians arrived from various parts of the island who showed themselves as attentive to the instructions and as collected at mass as the day before desiring to visit the island i directed my steps towards the north passed through beautiful prairies forests of large trees fields of potatoes made with no other instrument than a curved stick and arrived at the house of netlam situate on the eastern point of the island it was a house made of logs thirty by twenty sealed and furnished inside with a tapestry of mats with an opening in the centre to let the smoke out netlam received me with great attention and showed me the place to sit down on a pile of folded mats there was no polygamy in this house as generally practised by the other chiefs i regretted very much to have no time to instruct baptize and bless this interesting couple after prayer and chant of canticles i went to the shore and found fifteen lodges of indians who had never seen the black gown in seeing me they cried out and placing themselves in a line men women and children to the number of over one hundred fifty they came to touch my hand a ceremony of etiquette after which they made the sign of the cross and sang the chinook jargon canticles which they had learned as well as the other tribes i advised them to come to mass and to bring their children for baptism on the following day i left them full of joy in order to return to my tent where i found a large reunion of indians who listened attentively to my instruction which was protracted late in the evening notwithstanding a high wind the noise of the waves and foliage on sunday may thirty first netlam arrived early with his band of scachatis their women and children next appeared at the head of his band the snohomish accompanied by inferior chiefs witzgalachi and surnamed les francais clad in full french costume trousers shirt vest overcoat garnished with quills of porcupine hat and cravat slalakam came also with his band of soquamish all placed themselves according to rank to the number of four hundred the exercises of the preceding day were repeated with the same spirit and zeal as on the previous day before and during holy mass my emotion was great at the sight of such a multitude of indians so eager for the kingdom of heaven and at the chant so pure and so expressive by the many voices whose accent so natural seemed to me to surpass in beauty the harmony of the most learned compositions of music masters it was so great that i could not master it the holy mass being over the dinner of salmon and smoked deer i had ordered were served on mats before the chiefs 
all were filled with joy then followed the great smoking of the calumet of peace and union between the tribes in the midst of the joyous and noisy chatting was heard a great crying out all rose up and saw a heavy wooden cross twenty-four feet long in the arms of numerous indians who were advancing towards the spot prepared for it it being solemnly blessed and erected all followed the example of the black gown went and prostrated themselves and venerated it then followed the chant of canticles by this joyous multitude of indians rendering homage to god and jesus christ for the first time to this moving spectacle succeeded another one the baptism of the children the mothers and the children were placed in two lines leaving an alley in the centre for me to move and also for the fathers of the children i again explained the fall of man the mystery of redemption the medicine of baptism i required of all a profession of faith and an abjuration and all were loudly answering yes we believe in god who created all things yes we believe in jesus christ who came to redeem us yes we believe he has made seven medicines to make us good yes we believe he has made but one road to heaven yes we promise to keep and follow the road of the black gown which is that jesus christ made yes we reject all other roads lately made by men yes we renounce the devil his thoughts words and deeds yes we desire to know love and serve the great master of all things then began the ceremonies of solemn baptism which lasted four hours during which time i baptized one hundred twenty-two children the heat was very oppressive the children were scared and crying and soon all retired monday june first was spent in the ordinary instruction and exercises tuesday june second was fixed for my departure to the great sorrow of the poor indians i recommended the chiefs to encourage their people to follow the road of the blackown and urge the conclusion of peace before the leaving of the priest for that purpose witskalachi was deputed to the squamishes and in changing my route for nisqually i had the happiness to contribute to the reconciliation of two tribes having given my great catholic ladder to nethlem he offered to carry me to nisqually in his large wooden canoe which with thirteen men was still light my canoe was carried over to nethlem's place and i started on that day in coasting along the island i saw forts eighteen or twenty feet high raised by the indians to protect themselves against the ugolta of fraser river i visited several tribes and in one village one hundred twenty-five came to touch my hand and were found able to make the sign of the cross and to sing the chinook canticles i stopped all night at the village of the skahamish the indians who had been fighting at this place about one hundred forty came to touch my hand and made the sign of the cross and sung the canticles equally as well as the other tribes sahalapahan their chief who had visited father demur at cowlitz had taught them what he had learned himself on wednesday june third i solemnly baptized ninety-six children after which took place the meeting for the conclusion of peace which lasted nearly four hours 
my address was transmitted by my interpreter to a third one who delivered it to the chiefs with an astonishing eloquence after many and long harangues it was concluded that the susquamish should pay two guns to the clallams for the two men killed witskalachi received the guns and carried them to the clallams who according to the custom would give something in return thus was peace concluded i then started at three p m travelled all thursday and reached nisqually on friday and found mr kitson better and started at two p m for cowlitz which i reached on saturday june sixth at ten p m the fruits of the mission were nine baptisms at nisqually two hundred eighteen at whitby six en route total two hundred thirty three end of section eight